Hi friends, welcome to my corner of the internet. I'm Dylan Rattel, and you're listening to Mindfully Mindless, a podcast where uh, I talk about what I want when I want to talk about it, because it's my podcast. Uh, If you don't like it, get your own. Is I think this is a negative way to start a podcast, actually. I would start again, but I really only have time to record uh, one take today. So I guess I'm just going to give you guys that, uh, you know, that authentic version of me that's just rude, I guess. Um, hi, I hope everyone listening is having a really good day. I uh, My day's okay. It's 3.06 p.m. Uh, it's Thursday, May... What is it? May 10th? <clears throat> I have been in Miami all week. We're doing Chicago the Musical here, and it's a special week. First off, because it's Miami, duh. But this is kind of the week we've all been looking forward to on the roster. It's just the most fun city I think we get to be in. Also, we have two new actors in this week. We have Bianca Marikin, who was actually my first Roxy on tour. She's a wonderful Roxy. She's a little Latin American superstar. So she is selling out the theater. And we also have um, Jaime Camille, I think is how you say his last name. He's also uh, a star, I guess. Uh, I No, I, that's rude. I was going to say, I've never heard of him. But I also like don't really dive into pop culture too much. I do know he's voicing a character on... Hotel Transylvania 3. So he's legit. Um, but also they're both legit because they perform amazingly. We had our first show with them on Tuesday. And it, to say the energy was like just palpable is not, it's just quite an understatement. It was an amazing show. Um, and also I just think the whole cast kind of stepped it up because, you know, Bianca's infamous for being like an incredible Roxy and um, Jaime is just so handsome and kind and after the sound check it was like clear that we were about to have just have like an amazing show so it was wonderful and we've also you know i've been spending every night exploring miami and having a fun time so today i woke up pretty late and am also my voice is just in the basement today and you know i'm just drinking a lot of water and trying to figure it out but i thought i would like to put something out on the podcast just if anything just to keep the momentum flowing um if you listened to the first episode and now are listening to this episode you have noticed that there has been a little bit of a change uh in that first episode I kind of was just throwing something out and trying to figure out where I was going to focus it and my wonderful friend Chelsea Kanarska best friend Chelsea Kanarska you can find her at a day with Chelsea K on Instagram suggested that I name this podcast Mindfully Mindless. And at first it was kind of like a, an LOL, that's silly. But then I began thinking about it. And um, I think that is the perfect title for this podcast. And I think it's kind of the perfect title for for me, uh, just in the sense that it, it really encapsulates who I feel I am. I um, think of myself as being a mindful person. I... I do take stock of where I'm at in my body and my spirit, my energy. And, you know, you know, we all have moments, but for the most part, I try to really keep everything um, really mindful. Um, 
but mindfully mindless in this way that like I lose my keys and wallet maybe twice a week. Um, I am notorious for every time we stay in a hotel for getting like a million keys because I always leave my key in the room. So I'm a bit mindless. And I think isn't that kind of the human condition to just kind of be a little bit of a of a contradiction for yourself. So um, the podcast is officially Mindfully Mindless with Dylan Rattel. And I think that is so telling of where the future of this podcast is going. And I'm excited. Um, I think also we focused down a little bit of, you know, what I'd like to talk about on here. Um, I really liked the idea of having a podcast that was mine, that was solo, um, but not the not the idea of actually speaking solo on a podcast. I think that that can be fun depending on what the, the content is, but I think I work better when I have guests. So I've decided that probably from our next episode on, we will be doing um, different guests, having different people come and speak. And when that was an idea that I had, you know, brought up, um, then the next question is, well, what guests are we going to bring? What are we going to talk about? What, you know, there's so much pressure to keep a, a podcast niche. Like, you know, are we, am I going to talk to actors? Am I going to talk to, um, actors <laughs> pretty much who I know. Um, but no, I think I want to talk to everybody I know. I think that while my expertise is in the performing arts and the entertainment industry, I have a ton of friends who not only are part of that industry, but part of many others. And I think at the end of the day, in my opinion, we all kind of contribute to the industry I'm in, this entertainment industry. I think whether you are an actor, a stage manager, a lighting engineer, or even a consumer, somebody who just watches the Kardashians or someone who just frequents Broadway. I think that everybody really has a piece of this industry and an opinion. And I think there are people who will listen to this from many different backgrounds. And I think if I can attack the entertainment industry from as many angles as I can with as many of my friends as possible, uh, I think that there will be benefit to that. And I also think what's beautiful about everyone I've met in the entertainment industry is um, that everybody got here in a crazy, unique, and wildly interesting way. My story is that I I didn't get into any musical theater colleges I at first. I really loved musical theater. I found out that you could go into college and, and I learned of U of M, but U of M is a very hard program to get into. I didn't have the greatest grades. Um, I was also classically trained, not trained in musical theater. So I went into all of these school auditions with like, you know, opera music and it just was irrelevant to what these schools are trying to accomplish. So I ended up going to Central Michigan University and after two years dropping out, moving to New York. And then when I lived in New York, I was having this awful time because I was so unprepared and so green that I ended up essentially dropping out of New York after a year and going to Kent State University. Um, now, Kent State has a theater attached to it, Porthouse Theater, where I had done Chicago as my first summer stock gig. It also gave me my um, EMC status so I could work towards getting my union status as an actor. Um, but they work in conjunction with Kent State. So while I was working with them around the time I was moving to New York, 
they had offered me a position at Kent State to like be a, be a student, get my undergrad. And I said, no, no, I'm going to go to New York. But then after a year, I decided I want to go back, finish my degree. So I finished my degree, knowing full well I hated New York while I was there. So mind you, when I graduated, I moved back to New York. Well, I moved back to New York because I, I had gotten an agent uh, and I enjoyed this agent. She had gotten me a couple of submissions, the first being for Chicago the Musical, the national tour in Broadway, which I didn't book. And I was so upset. I was living in New York. I spent all of my money and effort getting there. Chicago was really the only show I felt I could do on on Broadway or on tour at the time, the only place in the industry I felt like I fit. Um, And if I was unable to book that role, being kind of a professional at that role, I have done it so many times before then. Um, I I felt as if I had missed the mark, missed the mark. So one day I was reading The Secret on the subway on my way to work and it all just kind of clicked. Um... I don't know if you guys have read The Secret, but, you know, if you do, be prepared. Uh, It's pretty, it'll hit home. And, you know, since reading it, I have read so many, so many other books. It it just, like, really made me dive headfirst in, like, the self-help category of human being. And it's, like, it's insane. It's, It's really made my life better. Anyway, I was on the subway on my way to work reading it. And there was this whole section about, you know, taking responsibility for your life and where it was. And I didn't like where my life was. So I was like, you know what? I'm going home. So I move home. It's so embarrassing uh, because I feel like everybody was kind of watching. Like I did really well in my showcase class and got to New York and this was a whole thing. And I had made it, that was back when people were like, GoFundMe was new. So I had made a GoFundMe to like get me to New York and I got a lot of help and and I dropped the ball and I left and I went home and I started working at a, a pizza place and also as a janitor at the Planet Fitness near my parents' house. And so I did that. And after about one month of working at Planet Fitness, I had decided in in that month that if I was going to be working as a janitor, that I was going to be the best at it because I have always decided that I'm going to do my best and be my best at whatever it is I'm doing. And I think that's the performer in me. And so I decided if I'm going to be a janitor, I'm going to be the best damn janitor. Um, And after a month of working at Planet Fitness, I had received employee of the month, um, a pay raise, and then um, my choice of like shift. And I remember being so incredibly happy for that accolade. Not that it was special, but because I had just specifically been like, I am going to submit myself to being the best at what it is life has asked me to be the best at. And so I got to choose what shift would I like. So I decided to do the night shift um, from like 11 p.m. to 4 a.m. Where it's like no one's really in the gym. I'm just cleaning because it's the winter time and they want it to be clean for when people are coming in in the morning. A few people are working out, but it's, you know, just a couple regulars. So you just kind of get to hang out, really. So I would like clean, 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 clean everything really quick. And then I'd lock myself in the janitor closet and just meditate. Um... And just, you know, like meditate on what, what it was I wanted. And at that point, I was like, I want to move to L.A. I want to move to L.A. Um, and, and one day on the way home from work at like four or five in the morning, I was singing the role of Mary Sunshine that I had auditioned for previously. And I was like, you know, darn it. If I sounded like this back then at my audition, I would have booked it on the spot. Like it would have been amazing. 
Well, imagine my surprise when I got home and there was an email in my inbox from my agent who I was lying to at the time. I told her I was still in New York, so she would still submit me for stuff. Um, But I was definitely not living in New York. Uh, Either way, I got an email that said, you know, remember that audition you had for Chicago? Um, Well, they would like to see you again if they can um, in like two days. So I was like, yep, I will be there. And, you know, I only had like 60 bucks at the time. I was paying all these bills. I was making minimum wage, working my butt off. I didn't know how I was going to get there, but I was like, yes, I'll be there. Um, I talked to my bosses uh, at Planet Fitness and at this pizza place, and they were both fine with it. And not only that, specifically my boss at Planet Fitness, my manager, Nicole, she was like, oh my God, this is your dream. Like, absolutely go and book it and never come back. And so I will say for those of you that are getting like these toy jobs, these side jobs that aren't performing, they're not really your career, but, but they're, you know, a job to keep things going. It is okay to be picky about that job. And it is okay to wait to find the job with the manager who supports you fully. It is crazy to think as a manager of some place where you're working with 20-somethings, like young 20-somethings, that for some reason this is going to be their career forever. And you will get so much work out of these young people if you just support their dreams. And I just remember working my butt off for Nicole as much as I could because I knew that she was the kind of boss that would tell me to chase my dream. And I've always appreciated that. Anyway, I took my mom's car. I drove to New York. I... um, I wrote in a journal exactly how I thought everything was going to go or how I wanted it to go before I went. And um, it it went. It went that way. And they ended up switching my um, callback to be on the stage of The Ambassador, which was at the, uh, the, um, it's the theater where Chicago is on Broadway. So I get there. They teach me the track. I was, well, I was like early. I was like the first one there. And my agent was like, there might be a couple people there. So I get there. I'm the first one. Leslie Stifelman, the music director, David Bushman, um, the choreographer, David Heislip, the director, and uh, oh, someone else. I can't remember who it No, It was Barry Weisler, but he wasn't there yet. He's the producer. So the three in the team were like teaching me the track and they're like, okay, Barry's going to get here. He's going to sit down. He's going to watch. You're going to perform the track. Then we want you to go stand in the wings. We will discuss and then we will come talk to you. Got it. So... I did it. I, I performed and then I waited in the wings and they went and talked. And then Leslie Stifelman walked up to the wings and she said, welcome to equity. And then Duncan was like, you're going to be getting an email. We're going to be, you know, and what was really interesting is that was a day that there was this huge snowstorm happening in NYC. So I ended up getting like stuck in NYC. My car got towed, so I couldn't leave anyway and I couldn't get to the towing place. So I had to have like a, a wine snow night with my friends and, and it was really fun. I remember it being a really magical time. And I tell that story not to not to brag, though it is something I really do have a lot of pride in and don't mind bragging about. But I tell that story so that people understand that my success, the road to my success was a counterintuitive road. Had I done the thing I thought I should do, which is stay in New York, never leave, um, work, 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 audition, 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 I don't think I would have booked the show as easily as I did. I think 
the universe was saying, you need to go home. You need to rest. You need to take your mind off of theater. You need to be fresh so that when this opportunity comes along, you can jump on it. You can say yes, and you can be rested and look good and happy, and and they'll want to work with you. And that is what happened. Nowadays, I call that keeping your knees bent or preparing your grid or, you know, being ready to be ready to be ready. Just this place of of comfortability that you're not, you know, you're able to bob and weave with life as it comes at you. Um, so I encourage people that want, you that have audacious goals or, or that have a lot of things they want to do to listen to what the world is telling you to do or listen to what God or the universe or whatever your theistic blah, blah, blah is, whoever, you know, you put your faith in, listen to what that thing is telling you and follow it. And sometimes it's telling you to go in the opposite direction of your dreams seemingly. That being said, whatever direction you go in is the right direction and it is right for you. So I would follow the things that make you comfortable and happy. And since booking this tour and and spending the last four years kind of meeting new people and, 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 you know, doing the thing, I have noticed that everybody's got stories that are kind of like that. Everyone's got just like a weird, this thing happened, this thing happened. And so... My goal with this podcast is to is to open up the the floodgates and let's talk about the weird ways in which we got involved. Let's talk about um, our love hate relationships with this industry. Let's talk about how hard it is to you know to you know give up certain things that you need to give up in order to be here. Let's talk about how easy it was to give those things up. I just want to celebrate my friends who are are entertainers, my friends who are entrepreneurs. And I want to kind of use this little, you know, situation, this podcast here as a catalog that young people who are, you know, lost, scared, um, frightened of the unknown, who don't know where they belong or don't know if it or when it will happen. I want this to be a catalog for them to, to feel better and just relax it's about relaxing. It's about being comfortable and happy. There's not a single person in this industry that I work with that doesn't have some kind of meditative spirituality about them. And it's all different. We celebrate the differences. Everyone's got a process, but I think sometimes it's just picking a process and committing to it that it takes it there. So that's it for today. Um, I just, you know, wanted to come in, pop in for, you know, that, you know, official mindfully mindless episode with Dylan Rattel. You can find me on Instagram at d.rattel. You can find me on Twitter at Dylan Rattel. You can find me on Facebook, facebook.com slash Dylan Rattel. Uh, if you want to email the podcast, there's the, uh, you can email Dylan Rattel podcast at gmail.com. Uh, ask questions. I will be happy to answer anything over the podcast. Um, any advice, any stories about me, uh, any guests you'd like to see or things you'd like to hear, let me know. Shout out and, uh, and don't be afraid to stop by. All right, you guys, you have a great day. Say some nice things to people. Hold the doors open for everybody you see. And, um, you know, be easy on yourselves. You deserve it. All right. Have a good one. Bye.